When I was little, my parents used to take me and my sisters uh, to see the illuminations at Morecambe. Morecambe is a coastal town in Lancashire. My grandparents had a caravan close by. We'd walk along the promenade in the cold, looking at the amazing lights. Then we'd get a bag of chips to warm ourselves up. We'd be cold. I'd be allowed to stay up much later than normal. I absolutely loved seeing those coloured lights. Last Christmas, Jeremy, I and the boys um, had the privilege and gift of going to Madeira for our holiday. And that little island was filled with light over Christmas and New Year. Lights of the nativity, angels in the sky, Christmas scenes and decorations. Lights filling the darkness. And it's on this Advent Sunday today that I want us to consider this theme of light and darkness. In the last line of the Old Testament reading in Isaiah, Isaiah betrayed the longing he felt, the longing he held from God. O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. A plea for the people to walk in in the light of the Lord. For we have a God who radiates light into the darkness that we inhabit in this world. The Advent season marks the time in the church calendar when we wait and remember. In this pause before the celebrations of Christmas, we ponder once again our faith. We wait expectantly and with excitement to celebrate again the birth of Jesus at Christmas, when the light came into the world in the person of a small baby. We also, though, need to reflect on the here and now, the present of how we live our lives now, and consider our walk with Christ And we also need to think about the hope we all hold for the future when Jesus will come back again. And as we are invited to imagine a time when people from all nations will walk in the light of the Lord, we need to remember that how we choose to live our life says huge amounts about where our future hope is and what is the centre of our lives today. The themes of darkness and light run throughout the Bible. Genesis 1-3, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Present in the Psalms, Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The the theme of light goes through the prophets and into the Gospels, and in fact, much of the imagery in Matthew and John takes the foundation from Isaiah. This use of metaphor is rich, for the use of light is all that is good, true, honourable, just, peaceful, inviting, and darkness, on the other hand, is all that is covered, hidden, difficult, unbelieving, and unjust. In the light, we can see things as they really are. So remember, God is light. 
whereas we inhabit a world of much darkness. In our passage from Isaiah, we are invited along to imagine a time yet to come. Isaiah, a prophet, was tasked with sharing the visions, thoughts, words, pictures, dreams that he'd received from God. And it was through the use of his imagination that we too are also invited to wonder and imagine. Isaiah saw a time when all people will stream towards the holy mountain, the place where God is. And this holy mountain will be a place of peace and reconciliation. Isaiah was foreseeing, looking into the future, a new order of religious observance, different from the one those people at this time lived under. And one in which the community would be derived from all the nations of the world. In this community there will be unity. All the nations will seek peace, serving and worshipping God. People will no longer war and fight. They will desire peace and yearn for a different way of living. We heard that there will be no need for weapons of violence. And in fact, Isaiah's vision shows that the weapons of violence and war will be converted into agricultural tools. Isaiah 4, the people will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. This text from Isaiah is rich in imagery, but it helps us also remember the significance of Israel in God's plan. It made me remember that through Abraham, all the nations of the world will be blessed. But it also talks of the days to come, the first bit of the reading from Isaiah, and the days to come have begun. So it immediately made me also think of that time in Jerusalem at Pentecost, when the early disciples had been told by Jesus to wait for the Helper, for the Holy Spirit to come. All the nations were gathered at that point, perhaps the birth of the church. And it's now with the guidance, inspiration and encouragement and revelation through the Holy Spirit that the church has begun to teach the ways of God through Christ. For particularly in Advent, we are remembering again the great act of incarnation and redemption because we cannot almost say one without the other. And we are all invited again to choose to live in this world where Jesus is. God incarnate, a God who came to dwell with us. And daily we are called to follow him and dwell and live in his light. The alternative, of course, is to inhabit this world of darkness, where life is only a dim shadow of what it could be. And the challenge to live differently is not even a distant dream. The longing of Isaiah is for all to come and walk in the light of the Lord, a plea for people to see what God is offering for the light of the world has come in Jesus. A quote from Martin Luther, Darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. 
Jesus, the light of the world, drives out darkness. Let us now turn to our reading from Matthew. And in this we heard that Jesus will come again. We do not know when, that is only known by the Father, Matthew 24, 36. But about that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. I think one question that this reading from Matthew prompts in us is, are we prepared? Are we living ready? Are we walking in the light of Christ? I think sometimes it is very easy to live as though this world is all there is, that what we see is it. But what is real? What is eternal? What will pass away? So the invitation is for us too to continue to imagine what will happen when Jesus comes again. What will it be like? Matthew helps us ponder this a little. He reminds us of Noah, Noah who built the ark, who was ready when those floods came. Because this is how it will be, says Matthew. Two men will be working in a field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be working in the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. It will be quick. There will be no warning. People will be just going about their normal daily business. So the question for all of us is, are we ready? Are we walking today in the light of the Lord? Or have we turned our backs just for a moment? It's not for us to speculate the time, but it's for us to live waiting. And we are waiting in between the birth of Jesus Christ and his second coming. We are called, friends, to live in hope. Hope which is the certainty of faith that shows our actions in the present. We are called to live as children of light within the darkness of this world. There is sin, there is injustice, both corporate and individual, in this world. Some things are so horrible and so difficult and so dark. Syria is now a land that is covered in darkness, a land where once was the cradle of Christianity. The Christian church remains there, yes it does, but it is persecuted. But I believe it is also a symbol of light in a very dark place. I'm sure their prayers each day must be prayers for the hope of deliverance and reconciliation and a return to peace. So what about us? How are we waiting? Do our lives reflect our unpreparedness, our sleep, our laziness, our resistance perhaps? Or are we living as carriers of the light in the world? 
We live in a world that at times does not seem to be able to even imagine Christ. So perhaps we are living in a time, just like the Israelites needed Isaiah to imagine the future, that we as a church need to be able to imagine the future for the world. So I want us next to consider what we heard Paul write um, in his letter to the Romans. For this is also another passage which warns about the dangers of not being ready. Paul tells us to cast off the works of darkness and put on the armour of light. For the night is gone, the day is at hand. And this is something we choose. We have a choice in how we act. And I believe that the future hope we say we have as Christians does impact on how we choose to live today in the present. Remember Isaiah again, the worship of God among all the nations in peace and reconciliation, a time that will fully come. When we realise and gratefully accept what Jesus has done for each of us, we carry his light into the world in our lives. And I believe that we do start to look a little different to the prevailing culture. Love becomes the appropriate mode of action. This is God's future, the return of Jesus, the coming in fully of the kingdom. This is what casts its light back into the presence of our existence and shines into our reality today. And it's what gives us some Christian distinctiveness in how we live. For me, it's also a reminder that we cannot produce our own salvation. Jesus died for all of us. He paid the penalty for sin once and for all. The God of love has called us his own. And our response back to him and to others is love. Remember, God chose Israel, and then God chose the church, the body of Christ, to show his purposes and his ways in the world. Remember, it is God who does light. We inhabit darkness. Yet we are called to be carriers of light into these dark places. So our character matters so much. And for Paul, character was exemplified by living honourably. So Paul talks about living lives not in revelling, not in seeking pleasure in a lively and noisy way with drinking, dancing, sexual immorality, excessive indulgence, lacking in moral discipline, unwilling to conform, being angry, having arguments, disagreements, being resentful. No. We have a choice in how we act and a choice in how we live. So do we choose today to choose the way of light or do we choose the way of darkness? So Advent is a time when we choose, we remember to choose again, 
We choose to stand differently in a world that at times cannot imagine Christ as a reminder that Christ is the only reality. There is light in Jesus and we too need to show the light of Jesus to the world. So how do we do this? How do we do light? Well, we confess our sin, continually turning towards Christ. We worship, we pray, we study the Bible together. We proclaim the good news, we gossip the good news. We live with our hope focused on the new way of being and living in relation to God and one another. And we continue whether we feel like it or not. John 1, 5. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. During the time of baptism in a few minutes... Steve will give um, a candle to the newly baptised to show the light of Christ and acknowledge that God has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and has given us a place with the saints in light. We hear the words, we have received the light of Christ. Walk in this light all the days of your life and shine as a light in the world to the glory of God the Father. So we wait once more for the light shining in the darkness. This season of Advent calls us to readjust our eyes so that we can see and be glimmers of light in this world, glowing and pointing others towards that ultimate time in the future when everything that God wishes and hopes and has planned will be fulfilled. I end with some words um, of John Donne. Bring us, O Lord God, at our last awakening into the house and gate of heaven to enter into that gate and dwell in that house where there shall be no darkness nor dazzling but one equal light, no noise nor silence but one equal music. No fears, nor hopes, but one equal possession. No ends, nor beginnings, but one equal eternity. In the habitations of thy glory and dominion, world without end. Amen.